Hi everyone, this is Relationships Revisited. I'm Elazar. Welcome you back for another episode. This episode today is going to be a couple's episode, and it's connected to what we started to discuss last week in terms of the first marriage. It's very short on words, but it's very deep and powerful in its implications. But we began speaking last week about the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka, the first Jewish marriage, and we spoke about their initial meeting, or at least their initial laying eyes on one another, and the significance of covering up, and how that way of holding back creates space for another person, for you to know another person, and for the other person to be known, and has you both do that for one another, by not focusing on the visual stimulus as much as setting yourself aside and listening, how that leads to the deepest and most intimate of places, which is ultimately the goal of marriage. So we're going to continue with the first relationship, the first marriage, I should say, of Yitzhak and Rivka in this episode as well. And we're going to focus on the actual marriage itself, where they come together and they experience each other as a, as a married couple does. So the verse says, the Pasuk says, And Yitzchak brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother. Here's the first thing. The first thing that the, the Torah is telling us here is that when it comes to a marriage, the marriage has to be understood in the context, in the tent, so to speak, in the context of his mother. Why? Well, very simply because this new wife is going to become his attachment person, his attachment figure. That position was previously held by, you got it, mom. When a child comes into this world, our first love is our mother because without her, we die. So the attachment and the connection and the bonding that happens with mom, what we could call, we could call love at that point, really a, a form of connection that's for survival, but it's it's love, it's a need to be close. What is, if, if that's not love, and I'm not sure what is, but it's the need to be close to another human being because without you, I can't continue to exist. And, and that is the child's world. A child's world, especially an infant's world, is his mom. So the first thing we have to understand is that when you enter into a marriage, it's in the context of that attachment relationship, of that attachment bond, and has all the significance of it. And that is so important because the same fears and longings that an infant would have for his mother, right? The fear that she's not going to be there and that someone's just going to leave me and I'm going to die. And we're talking also like as an infant physically, but as a, as a child and, and older emotionally, right? If I'm all alone, it's overwhelming and I feel like I'm going to die, okay? And the longings for connection, the longing for being nourished and being taken care of and being, and being seen and being understood, that will all come up in the marriage, in this new attachment relationship. And we have to know that, right? And in order to be able to deal with that, the Pasa continues and it says, So and he took Rivka and she became a wife to him. That the next thing we need to know is that 
marriage is first and foremost a commitment. Before anything else, it's a commitment. I commit to you to be that person. I commit to you to be the one that I am going to be deeply connected to. And it's in the context, right? It's in the context of of a mitzvah, of something that is divine. That's something that we are going to do together, this divine project that is bigger than both of us that we're going to work at together. So the next thing that happens is that he's a com- he commits to her in the context of kedushin and nesuin, of, of, of holiness, of sanctity, that she becomes a wife to him. This is a holy endeavor. And that is so, so important. Because as the longings and the fears that I just mentioned earlier of that attachment bond, as that comes up in the relationship, which it will, 100%, if we remember that there's something bigger happening, we're trying to accomplish something very divine and very great, there'll be a space in which this can actually be worked with. A mushal, an analogy could be a crucible, right? A crucible is where they they transform metals. You know, if you want to make rose gold, for example, you have to take copper and you have to take gold, and they go in this crucible, which is extremely, extremely hot. Right, it's like super hot, okay? And in that heat, you know, the metals are melted down, I guess, and then they they can amalgamate, if that's a word. They come together and they become something new. In order to to maintain to contain the heat of that process of that transformation, the walls of that crucible have to be very thick. And that's what the divine commitment, the divine element of the marriage is. It's those very thick walls because it's going to get hot. It's going to get hot in the relationship. There are intense fears and longings that are going to come up. And if those walls are not thick with commitment and we're doing something really holy and divine here, well, it can very easily overwhelm and overtake the couple. Where the person that I need to feel closest with and most seen by, most understood by, if I don't sense that he's there for me in that way, that is not just inconvenient, that is a a threat of the greatest level. It's a it's a, a threat that registers in the in the amygdala, in the limbics in the limbic brain as a threat to life. Okay. It's that powerful. It's a very powerful threat. And that's because I'm allowing this person to matter to me as my as my person. So in order to manage the intensity Right, to be able to pull back and say, okay, this is really hard and a lot is coming up for me, but we're committed to each other. We're committed to something bigger than us. We've got to kind of figure out how to work through this and how to understand one another. That is essential, those thick walls. Otherwise, the emotions and the needs and the longings and the fears can take over and um, make your person who's supposed to be your person seem like the scariest and most um, dangerous person in the world. And that's that's not going to be sustainable, obviously. And the Pasa continues, Vayehaveho, and he loved her. First comes the commitment to the marriage, to the sanctity and sacred nature of the marriage. And then eventually, because now we have this, these thick walls, then we can come to love and connect with one another in a very conscious, deliberate way. I'm, I love you. Right? It's not that natural love that a child has to to his parent. It's and he loved her. He loved her, her. Right? It wasn't him loving himself through her. 
It was, and he loved her. She was a separate person that he was now loving. And though that could only happen because there was this commitment to the sacred space of marriage so that the fears and longings didn't overtake them. And now it could be this deliberate loving process. But the commitment comes first. And then love can, can be created with, uh, with consciousness and, and deliberateness. So again, and then he loved her. Okay, and the pasuk finishes. And Yitzchak became comforted after his mother. So, in the simple sense of, his, of, the, of this verse, his mother had just died, so he's now comforted over that loss because now he had this. His his wife Rivka was in, in in that place of that significant relationship, but deeper, every child like we learn in, in the beginning of Rishis. Al Kenyazov Ish es Ovivis Imo, every child has to leave his family of origin and then Midovak be Ishto and be comforted, cleaving to cleave and to be comforted by his wife. Right? So Yitz was now being comforted by Rivka, by this new attachment relationship that well, his mother can no longer be that person for him. Well, she, certainly she she passed away, but even just in terms of him being now an adult, the relationship that has to develop is one that is that is of equals, not one of a parent-child. And when he was able to establish this with Rivka, so then he was comforted. He now had this person, his person, that brought him consolation and comfort. He now is back in that attachment relational space, which every human being needs. So as we can see here, the this the first... Um, the first marriage has a tremendous amount of depth and significance as to what's happening and how 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 to look at it and how to manage it. Okay, and again, it's to recognize that this is a really significant relationship on par with that mother-child relationship of attachment. And in order to manage everything that will come up in that fr- in that in that context, there needs to be this commitment to take her as. Your wife, to, in 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 with in kedusha, with kedusha, with sanctity and sacredness, to commit to that together, to creating this this relationship, the full commitment, that full divine commitment. You have those crucible walls now that can contain the heat that's going to come up as you transform into this new entity together. Okay, as you become that rose gold, and then as that starts to happen and work then the love can be created and then you can love each other for who the other person is, not as a as a reflection or as an extension of you, as a projection of you, but really come to appreciate that person. And then there'll be the comfort of of cleaving and being comforted by this new person who has, uh, has entered into your life and um, you feel safe with, you feel like you're not alone. Hope this makes sense. I hope it's helpful. Wishing everybody blessings in their relationships and looking forward to seeing you, being with you again in the space between relationships revisited.